Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi there. I'm so, I'm so you're going to run up to the mic. I've still got, still got potentially two more parts to go. So. <laughs> yeah, this is this is week two of ten. Um, welcome to the Christmas special, mm-hmm. uh, chapter two. Chapter two. Hi, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're still in the same room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, they say with all um, new series, the first two episodes are shit, but you've just got to stick with them because they get really good in the third well, I just That's why one. I never watch TV. I just can't be fucking arsed going through yeah. all of these shit episodes. I'm just giving as a disclaimer here, Dave, you know. <sighs> Ken, when you're only doing three episodes, though, that's... <laughs> Ken, it's full of shit episodes. The Watcher. The Witcher. The Witcher. The Witcher. The, Witcher. the, Witcher. the mm. fuck is that show about, man? I've not watched no it. Idea. Is it crap? I mean... I am a mark for Game of Thrones. I like I like my dragons. I like my hunks. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Chrissy's diary when he's like thirteen. Boxes are ticked there with the wish. I like my babes. I like my you know my supernatural goings on. What the fuck is going on with that show? I've not it's, watched it's it. It's terrible. All right. No idea. Anyway, uh, we have a series of questions submitted by listeners to the podcast. And how many did we do? Three or four last Four. Did four, four last week. Fucking tore through them. I thought it was going to take much longer. Yes. So we're going to do a number. We're going to try and do five. Yes, we're going to try and fire a through number. them all um, quickly. Mark, you may have been out the room when we changed the plans. Cool. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Mark took a 
a, a, long, dump? a long piss. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my prostate's not what it used to be. Right? We're all getting older and the digestive systems just aren't as efficient as they used leave, to be. Leave me alone. <laughs> my, peas are, my peas are much slower than they used to I'm be. I was going to say, your prostate definitely isn't what it used to be if the jobbies come out that part. Um, right. Uh, <laughs> So we decided, Mark, that we were instead going to go for a different question that might get the juices flowing a bit earlier in this right. episode, okay. which is to do with uh, bangers from shit artists. No, I was here when you had oh, that. Yeah, he was here. <laughs> right, okay, good. Well, You're yeah. on to that point of the night where reality doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah, we're getting there. Um, right, Mark, introduce this question properly. So, uh, from our good friend Jason T, whose surname still remains completely... Some placards. <laughs> completely unpronounceable, apparently. We, we can annoy him every episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's asked us, bangers from artists that you hate... Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've we've kind of covered similar ground in the past, but this is going to be a bit more about bands we actually hate as opposed to mm-hmm. good albums. If I could good songs and shit albums. Unfurl this list like a scroll. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Um, no, you've only got five because you can only say five. Yeah. No, no, I mean I've I've got way more than five. Well, you're only well, saying five. No, I'm not saying five. Put a, put a lid on it, mate. No. Why? I've only got two. None of these <laughs> listeners want me to put a lid on it. They want right. more. Right, Johnny, go first and last. Unfurl it. Um, right, okay. Well, that's a horrible. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Mark was doing earlier. That's why he takes so long. Um, okay, so yeah, just My just this podcast. Leave me alone. <laughs> just to sort of disambiguate, we're not talking about just a one-hit wonder. That that was one thing when I was going through. I was like, oh, this band's kind of super average, and they've got. One good no, song. Yeah, no, it's that people hate. that you fucking hate. Yeah, but yeah, this is this is work specifically. I'm aware of how language works. Yes. For, for, <laughs> the, the for the sake of the audience. Yeah. Just who also tight, know. <laughs> tightening up the criteria here, patronising their audience. It's, it's what they expect. Um, so I have a, I have do have a few little subdivisions here, but the first one is people that have cropped up in conversation prior. Artists that absolutely unequivocally have total rippers of songs but I cannot get with knowing what I know about them yeah. uh, Beat It by Michael Jackson mm. Yeah but I mean Michael Jackson obviously has more than one good tune no, well, See, I didn't go loads. down the road to Michael Jackson yeah. because I actually don't hate him artistically like I think that's a difficult thing to get into I think it's more like bands that you don't like I'm curious they've got one song that you you do like I mean I I did mention this do not get into the Michael Jackson debate (laughs) right because like sort of raised Cliff Richard do you think he was a pedo um (laughs) not Cliff Richard Michael Jackson I can't say that whether I I know that but do you think that I think he was so I'm like 60% yeah 40% no I think he was right, and thinking that makes it impossible. But, no, but, 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 but wait, this is my thing about Michael Jackson, right? Michael Jackson didn't produce his records on his own with nobody else round about him. There's a lot of people involved in producing and making those records, right? Yeah, so I'm sure if, that if I'm sure saying, the M74. <laughs> I'm sure one of those people involved had bad thing, bad thoughts about children, right? This reminds but me that... The, so many people were involved in that motorway, and it's a fucking class motorway. No, but and I I'm not writing off that motorway no, just because one guy was it's a, a lot of It's a lot of defence, right? If you were, in, if you were in, involved totally in a record band. with somebody who turned out to be a pedo, and then that whole thing was written off because of yeah, that no, guy... Yeah, no, I totally agree. That, like, that's, that's not fair, right? Why is it not so, fair? Like, because it wasn't just Michael Jackson that made those records. That's bonkers. It wasn't just Michael Jackson that raised so those So you're th- totally cool records. with Lost Profits? No, not at all. But, like, I'm just saying, What's like... The Lost Profits were shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's debatable, but uh, <laughs> they were shit, Christopher. Um, I, I mean, I, I can't make that. I mean, yeah, you're right. There's shades of grey in all of this, right? Obviously, but I can't make a distinction to that extent when it's something as egregious as that. It's 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 an insert. I mean, I, yeah, we've spoken about people. I mean, for example, Rod Stewart. I fucking love Rod Stewart, but that guy has probably got some serious fucking skeletons in his closet. Oh, and it, I, that isn't what bothers me so much as just the totally boring, mundane shit he's done. Like, right, but wait a minute, Young Turks is better than no, Michael late, Jackson. Latterly, latterly. Right, but point, anyway, but point being, you know. there are certain things that sort of like are a bridge too far. That is absolutely for me given what I think about it, a bridge too far. That so, wasn't how I approached this question. Hang on. I, uh, but hang on. I've got an interesting cat among the pigeons point because the second artist I have written under that is Ace of Base. So Ace oh, of Base... Oh, did crop right, up in my head. Ace of Base had at least two absolutely... Of the best pop songs of the 90s. You're thinking right? the sign? Yeah, the sign and all that you want, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Ace of Base are unlistenable. I mean, they were proselytising neo-Nazis. And I can't get tired of emphasising that point. Like, they were literally a band built from the ruins of a Nazi punk band and they used it as a way to Trojan horse their ideas into people's households. Mm -hmm. It's not fucking hard to... to, But then Scottish children took that and flipped it on its head by singing I saw your mom she opened <laughs> up her legs I gave her some it was fantastic her legs were like elastic is that, is that not a Blink-22 song? <laughs> <laughs> so oh, um, God, so we should just read the lyrics from Michael Jackson I mean, if Scottish children can get it together to fucking turn that in his head, then yeah. It's like literally weird. Get yourselves together, Scottish children. That's what Weird Al was doing, right? We were just taking taking up the, the torch for him. I'd li- no, I just think, like, they are great songs, right? And and Beat It especially. I actually, I mean, Beat It and Billie Jean for me are easily Michael Jackson's best songs. After that, nothing else really bothers me that much. I mean, it's fine, but he, he's not up there with, like, some other artists of that era for me. I, Listen... I'll tell you something right now. Something that I absolutely love. I love the Jacksons, right? Michael Jackson wrote Can You Feel It? I think that is like one of the best songs that was ever written. Like seriously, right? See the, the, the disco guitar on that when that kicks in? Like ding 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 ding. <laughs> I love that. I'm just joking at making point though. Do you think Michael Jackson in the privacy of Neverland ever asked anybody, can, can you feel it? <laughs> <laughs> and that's this is but I mean I realise that's that, I realise that's a line crossed, but it. my point is no. that guy, like how can you go back and enjoy that fucking shit when he, he was He was a wee boy then. He there was a wee boy with acne. Right, okay. Anyway, that that is one category. So people that I wish I could get with them, but they're awful people. I mean, the Rolling Stones... Wish you could get with them? (laughs) Well, probably wouldn't have been that hard, Michael. Um, But uh, especially because I look a wee bit like Macaulay Culkin. Too old. I think it would have been hard then. (laughs) (laughs) But... um, The one that got away. Yeah, totally, man. (laughs) The wrong place, wrong time. You are like Macaulay Culkin. Um, Exactly. (laughs) So Michael Jackson would have been into it. Um... But the, the the point is there's there's certain artists that I really do like some of their songs and I can't listen to them because I fucking hate them. As people, as entities, Ace of Base more than 
most. Michael Jackson is definitely up there, you know. But not just about like bands that you hate. Like for instance, I hate Maximo Park, but I love the song Graffiti. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think um, Apply Some Pressure is their best song No, by a long way better for me Graffiti's mm, better no. And Block Party Block Banquet party. Banquet's a brilliant but yeah, I, yeah, I like Helicopter as well Is that one? That is one isn't it? Yeah, they've actually got a new song out Block Party It's not it's that good The best Block Party song is that song Ratchet Which was not one of their biggest singles But it's amazing And the video for it was done by the animator Syriac Who had done all those freaky little animations Of like animals and thumbs and Mm. cows and stuff And he did a video for them That is their images of them distorting and repeating And it's fucking tremendous Talking about brilliant videos on the way to work yesterday uh, They played Foo Fighters ever long And I was like Oh my god, I love this song. I hate the Foo Fighters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, that was our first ever episode. Was Foo Fighters? Yeah. No, it was no, it was Idlewild. Second. Oh, one. second episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my last song by a band that I don't like, fucking hate, but and you are going to hate me for this, right? Yeah, I'm going to get pelted for this, but it's Daddy's Gone by Class Vegas. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm actually with you on that one. I'm actually with you on that one. What's that song called? Forget your da. He's gone. What? It's a pure, it's a pure fucking football chant song. Shit, I love it. Oh my goodness. Do you like that song? Now I'm your hero. Do you like that song Chelsea by what's the fucking face? Chelsea's dagger. Chelsea's dagger by Fratelli's. No. Oh, that's I saw the Fratellis and Strathclyde Union like 20 years ago. Do you not see it in trance and Strathclyde Union? Well. Yeah, and they played three different versions of uh, <laughs> City Free. City Free. <laughs> in a five-song five set. <laughs> Mark, do you have any of these? Because I've got loads. Uh, Stockholm Syndrome by Muse. got that as well that exact um, song but I've also got Hysteria Hysteria is also I really good I don't hate Muse I, the thing with Muse is 
I think they've actually maybe got more than five songs I like. So me then too. it's tough for me to say I hate them. Yeah, but I mean, I just they yeah. fucking bore me, and they haven't done yeah. anything good for a long where time. Where were you? Long. Where were you when we were doing our fucking news <laughs> double episode? That, that they just had like There was a year or two Where they had Fucking loads of cool riffs Well I think they've had One great record But the question was Bangers from artists That you hate Yeah And, oh, and you hate Muse now like, like yeah I mean there's so yeah, much Like significantly rigid. more shit In their catalogue Than there is good stuff Yeah like, mm. Do you know what I say I, th- I think for one of mine I'm going against My own rule there so mm-hmm. um, um, How soon is now By the Smiths I hate the Smiths I hate Morrissey Fucking love that song I like a lot of the Smiths. Yeah, I mean, I love the Smiths. I love the Smiths too. I I hate the Smiths and I hate all their songs. Oh, no, (laughs) you don't. I do. No, I do. Name me one Smith song I like. You you haven't heard all of them. The one with the the guitar. (laughs) Yeah, there are good Smith songs. No, the placebo cover of, um, what's it called? Big Mouth Strikes Again. Big Mouth Strikes Again is better than the Smith version. No, it's not. Because it's not the Smiths. It's not. No, it is because it's the song without the problem of hating the Smiths. Yeah, but you hate the Smiths because you hate the Smiths. You don't hate the Smiths because you don't like the music. I don't like the music. And, uh, well, I that's don't. weird. Also, <laughs> also quite uh, for some reason, I also really like Second Coming by um, the Stone Roses, even though I think they're garbage as well. Stone Roses I have better songs Roses. than the Smiths. No, that's not true. They've uh, got two good songs. No, I am the Resurrection. Is a very good song. No, Made of Stones. One Ten Story a, Love songs. A pretty good song. Best one. Anyway, we're not going to agree yeah, on so, that. Okay. I guess. I, <laughs> the seahorses are better than the Smiths. Did <laughs> they say kiss? I, I was made for loving you. Uh, see, I, I actually hate Kiss, but they've, got, they've got quite a lot That's of good terrible. songs. No, they don't. Kiss have one got... good song. <laughs> We've had this discussion many times on oh, the podcast. Oh, here we go. <laughs> right. Don't get into that. Oh my God. I've Kiss is greatest hits. Is the greatest, greatest hits. <laughs> Jesus no, it's not. It's, it's definitely one of the Queen ones. Well, okay. No. Yeah, maybe. But it's, it's top five. Abba Gold. As I said, it's top yeah. five. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Um, the song Flume by Bon Iver. I can't stand Bon Iver. I think they're fucking like hipster bon shite, but Flume's a beautiful that's, that's a good song. Um, <laughs> we Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. Oh, that is a brilliant shout. Total banger. Yeah. That is a what brilliant shout. What a fucking tune. Shout. It's so much he fun. Is, can I tell you something about my dad, right? See in is the Billy... Billy Joel? No. <laughs> he isn't. He? See in the, the, the video for Uptown Girl, right? Christy Brinkley's in it because Billy Joel was married to Christy Brinkley at the time. One of my most enduring memories of a child as a child is watching that video on telly and my dad going... Look at her. He's married to her, and he's look at him. He's a wee prick. <laughs> like honest to God, this is like this is like one of the enduring memories of my childhood. My dad hated Billy Joe because he thought he was totally punching above his weight. It's true. 
is true. Billy Joel is that sort of like Sopranos friends plot device mm-hmm. musician that they're always going out to a Billy Joel concert at some point in one of those series. He's they went so to a hootie in the Blowfish gig yeah, at one point. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's that kind of like artist. He's fucking stinking. Um, but that that is a really good song. Mm. Uh, also, he had a song called. I don't know if it's called Extremes or Why Do I Go to Extremes, but that was that was a pretty fun song as well. But can uh, I add another one of an artist we've covered? Um, Battery by Metallica. I've got Metallica as well, but I have got um, Mama Said. Let my heart go. Let your son grow. Let my heart go. I could probably do. Is that a Lenny Kravitz song as well? Because I think I prefer his version. Placebo <laughs> 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 <Placebo> covered it. <laughs> Oh, I would just do St. Anger, the whole St. Anger. <laughs> see, you really like them. So I hate that nominated. band, but I love that album. Right, see, so. that, yeah, see that, is a, that is an interesting aspect. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, I fucking can't stand, as a band, Head Automatica, but Beating Heart Baby... Beating Hearts Baby. ...is just... <laughs> I mean, it's just l- of its, it's era, one of the it's best It's very songs. of its era. What yeah. is that? Like 2000? ABC 2005. 2005. Yeah. It's very of its era. It's like emo, but kind of like dancey. Well, I mean, it's yeah, something indie proper. electronica emo, but like indie the crossover. Emo. You know, that, 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 as with all genres, had a lot of lows and only a few highs. And fuck me, that is like ridiculously so far ahead of the rest of the material. Did think about that um, one, one of that era that I would I would also give a mention to and my god I can't believe I'm actually fucking saying this uh, but Mr Brightside No, that's, a, that's actually no, a, a good song. No, and and, no. and they're a they're a horrible band. I mean, they're horrible. They had they had no. a song called Spaceman that's all right, and the rest of their stuff's fucking humming. That somebody told me that you're the boyfriend girl. That's, no, the one that's I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier. They're terrible. They're awful. I've got arm, but I'm not an armrest. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually think, I think the first song from that record, Hot Fuss, Jenny was a friend of mine, is actually pretty decent. It's got the big funky bassline in it. It's good, but yeah, Mr. Brightside's a really band. good song. I mean, see, I remember the ABC specifically. It's now burnt down by Glasgow School of Art, so they could buy the land. Um, but <laughs> they're very allegedly. You know? <laughs> allegedly. Um, but uh, David makes a good point about that era of like ABC clubbing. You know, in your early to mid twenties, like, those songs were fucking terrific. You had a lot of like average. We were stuff. in our early to mid twenties. What were you? <laughs> 
2005. <laughs> I was 24. Right, okay. You'd play both those songs back to back, wouldn't you, really? Yeah, and, and actually, it. as I said, like, uh, Apply Some Pressure by Maximo Park was another one of that era that I thought was really it's good. A band good that I fucking feet. hate, but a song that's good from this era is Molly's Chambers by Kings of Leon. Oh, no. Kings of Leon fans, Kings of Leon, there's quite a few of their songs that I absolutely love, actually. Fuck off. The, uh, they are rubbish, but you see that second album, it had a, a, a no, it really did have a couple oh, of do you want Fuck to off. There's, me? We're talking there's at least one or two songs. There's at least one or two actually alright songs on that first Kasabian record. And uh, I mean, I think Kasabian are genuinely the Do worst. You know what? I think they are my most hated band. Wow. But there's like a that, couple of their singles it, that I don't think are that is bad. Is it LSF either. or is it Clubfoot? I can't remember. Clubfoot. So when it's like, ah. Like say, say if it wasn't for the fans, and oh, the, every, the it's people. like and the, the Oasis effect. Yeah, <laughs> everything that has been put upon them by the public makes them no. The singers are prick. evil, but he's, de- he's not the ex singer. You mean? So, no. But like when I, I remember, I'm, my dad bought that record whenever it came out, and I was like, oh yeah, that's actually there's like two good songs on that. And then they became mm. a lad's favourite wank band. Um, so skeptical. one band that I really toyed with today and I was like, right, okay, is The Jam. I hate The Jam, right? Mm. But I really like that's entertainment. No. <laughs> <laughs> I do And I actually like The Sale Council as well So uh, Scientist by Coldplay No yeah. I would prefer In my place I prefer they went Directly into the bin <laughs> We've never spoken of Ever again In my bin <laughs> um, No I, mean, I think Scientist is a really nice song uh, And it pisses What's me that? off The one where he's Walking backwards For the video It's all piano Sing it Come up to me. Right, okay, no, that's like fucking X Factor. That's bad. That is bad. That's so bad. Yellow is the best one. Yellow's terrible. Uh, Yellow's uh, alright. LCD Sound System. I've got them. Yeah, which song do you have? Dance Yourself Clean. I had All My Friends, but. Do you know what? All of their songs are about the same. Mm. Choose one one that's not (laughs) as fine, and then the rest of them, you're like, oh, they just sound like a really annoying talking head. Not Daft Punk. I've got the Rapture. Mm. Oh, yeah, House of Jesus Lovers. Lovers. No, I've got Out of the Races onto the tracks. I, I really like House of Jealousy. I didn't know they had another song. If you're talking people, so if you're talking people that I hate, I was going to say Kanye West because there are actually like oh, three or four good songs. So do I. But then, and do you know what? There's a lot of not terrible stuff. But then I was thinking, this is where we sh- we're going to have to do a Kanye West episode. Yeah, we are. Oh. But can like, I, can I go and my fucking favorite, teach polar bears how to speak Spanish the way you were? But doing my favorite that. Kanye West tracks are ones that are just really good samples that he's nicked. 
Yeah. So like bound to but still look thirsty. Rock forever 21, but just turned 30. I know I got a bad reputation. Walk around always mad reputation. Leave a pretty girl sad reputation. Or uh, Fade, which is just uh, Mr. Fingers. Or the Ponderosa twins. Yeah, or um, Black Skinhead. Yeah, what's the one that he just uh, took Aphex Twin without even asking? Um, like his best songs are all just really good. He's just taken a song and just sung over it. <laughs> so I've got some contentious ones. Uh, this is going to upset people, but uh, Like a Prayer by Madonna. What, what you don't like Madonna? I don't like the rest of Madonna. You don't like Frozen. I don't like Madonna. You don't like Secret. I think there's so many fucking good Madonna songs. Madonna's got so many. The thing is, the reason that I'm the only reason I'm reserved with this is that deeper and deeper. The only reason I have a reservation about nominating this one is because I don't actively hate Madonna. I just really don't like her as much as everybody seems to. But I do think like a prayer. Live to tell, right? Oh my god! What a fucking song! No, I mean no, but like a prayer is. I mean, I think. No, but like I'm telling you, time will fucking filter this shit out. The one that will be left standing is like a prayer. It is absolutely head and shoulders above anything else in our catalogue. In fact, it's head and shoulders above anything else almost of that entire decade. It is an amazing bit of music. It's an amazing bit of music. It really is. Um, so that that's one but I don't hate her so it doesn't technically really qualify no. um, another one is like Richard Marks is such a fucking wishy-washy oh, bob hazard. but Hazard's amazing do you know he was married to Penny out of Dirty Dancing now Penny with the blonde hair no. Pe- the character Penny in Dirty Dancing, please, guys. Anybody? Remember, anybody? Sorry. Anybody? No. She's the <laughs> one. That- <laughs> Which one is she? That she's the one that gets the abortion. Oh, yes. I remember. Oh, yeah. She's like a dancer in real life. She was married to Richard Marks. And yeah. That's such a bird thing well, to me- remember me another- an abortion. What's another-, <laughs> What's another Richard Marks song? Uh, there is another was one. That one that, that was covered. I get mixed up with Richard Marks and Foreigner. Or Climey Fisher. There was that one that was covered. That was, <sighs> I'm as cold as ice. <laughs> no, that's I that. no, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a dance version of it very, like, in the last like, 10, 15 years. Oh, like Call On Me? Yeah. Call On Me. Is that Richard Call Call I think it is, isn't it? I don't know. There was a lot of those... No, he's shit. But that tune's a fucking screamer. Yeah, we're at twi- almost 25 minutes, by All the right, way. okay, I've got exactly. the, the... Who cares? The, the, well, we've got a lot of questions to get through. Who cares? So. The, the right answer for this. Right, go for no, it. I'm not done. No, you are done. I'm, no, I am not done because I've got some fucking rippers here. Right, right? go through them quickly. Am, here, yeah, here. Katy Perry, part of me. I hate Katy nah, nah, Perry. Bon Appetit by Katy Perry. Heart, Heart of Me is mm, Friday night. excellent. Part of me Move has on, s- hot no, and cold it is. Such an excellent middle age dreams. Um, okay, Dave. Russell Brand. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dave, 
Carly Rae Jepsen's Cry. Oh, I mean, it is. I mean, it's a level above everything else she's done, but you know. Is that her best song? Yeah. fucking class it is really good Mm -hmm. I mean it really fucking annoys me to admit it's really good although I will say off that same emotion higher is is a really good song as well but Cry is so far ahead of the rest of her catalogue like it really is Um, one that is on here just because this artist annoys me because I so desperately want to like her like I've tried repeatedly to go back to her catalogue or she brings out another album is it Amy Winehouse she brings another album I don't like Amy Winehouse um, And I'll go back to it And I'll try and like it But Polisa Who? Polisa oh, yeah. has, that a first song, has a song called Dark Star So it's on, the, it's on the album yeah. Give You the Ghost Which was like a hugely revered album that year. It was yeah, like, it's like those, a big pitchfork record. Yeah, big pitchfork cult record. And the track Dark Star is fucking brilliant. Really good. It's a whole style. Is it better than Bibby Dark Star? <sighs> yeah. And it's <laughs> it's it's a whole style of music in it. And she didn't follow it through at all. Like and I keep going back hoping that Polisa's because she's the kind of person that'd be almost perfect for this show if only she'd done a good record. And after fucking years of going back hoping that she's done a good record, the fact is Well she's not good for this show. No, then. but she's extra annoying because she just never did a good fucking record. So she pisses me off. So I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Uh Robin on the same note. Right. Right. Robin Right. <laughs> Robin Collier Girlfriend is <laughs> Continue Collier Girlfriend is spectacularly good It's a fucking brilliant club tune I think it's much better. So is Dancing on Your Own, though. I think it's way better than that. I think Call Your Girlfriend is a far better song than Dancing on Your Own. It's less it's less cheesy, it's less cheap. Uh, it's a fucking great tune. And she's another one that I went back and I was like, maybe Robin is like this kind of sort of uh, sleeper, amazing pop act, but her albums are just not good. They're just not good. And you dig into her back catalogue and it's just not good. See, I'm with you on that, right? Because loads of people are like, oh, Robin, Robin. And I, I, I've i never really got it. Yeah. Even that in the 90s when she, she had a song called Show Me Love, but then Robin S had a song called Show Me Love as well, didn't she? Oh, I've no idea. the song it was like show me love show me love that's the Robin you're talking about right okay, the Scandinavian but then one. there was another Robin that was like you got to show me love remember that yeah. one yeah remember that, that one that was Robin yeah. S so Robin has shown me love and I thought that was rubbish at the time and even like her newer stuff I'm kind of like I, I kind of really like into it no, I mean Call Your Girlfriend I think is, is 
amazing. Um, Mark, this will maybe upset you, but I think uh, saves the day are annoying as fuck. I have no uh, time for that one. At your funeral is a banger, such yeah. a beautiful wee song. Well, Chris Conley's a piece of shit, so... Is he? Yeah. Actually? Actually, yeah. Oh. Actually or like... No, like actually. Like like as cra- in, craft beer, actually as or like... done a public apology because he's a total piece of shit. Michael Jackson actually or like Brewdog I'm not actually. quite that bad, but you know, <laughs> Google it. <laughs> right, cool. Well, in that case, Vicky, you'll get this one. I've got two more. Animal Nitrate by Suede. There's more Suede songs that are brilliant. The, Trash the is Drowners, okay. the Drowners is like my favourite Suede song. Really? They're oh, the Drowners just get the one, the best video from the nineties. It's brilliant. It's got like the best. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's awesome. They've, they've got that song don't, Film Star that is incredibly annoying. And they've I, got loads of annoying songs, yeah. but I don't hate Suede at all. I like right. Suede. I think Animal Nitrate is amazing. And I would say clearly the most outstanding example is because there's no getting around how fucking bad Entrance are, but Set You Free. Yeah, but could you name one other intro? Well, they did the cover Saturday of uh, Staying Alive. No, no, Staying Alive. They did Staying yeah, Alive, yeah. so they did. So they did, oh, that's yeah. true. But right, so out of those two songs. <laughs> yeah. Dave's seen them. Dave's, he's, he's a witness. No, but I can't say that the rest of the set was a letdown. <laughs> I can't say that I hate them. 60% of the set was that song. <laughs> I hate them. Right, can we move on? Right, I'm fucking um, done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. But there's just so much to Mark, have you got any? Uh, I've said mine throughout. So. All right, okay. Uh, Sick Transit Gloria by Brand New. Fucking hate that band, but fucking I like get that out. song. Get the fuck out. I like that song. <laughs> Leave. Um, why? Because I hate that band. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and. Um, but well, Jesse Lee is also a piece of shit. <laughs> My least favourite band of the last 20 years, just in public life, but I cannot get away from the fact that this is a fucking banger, is Don't Funk With My Heart by the Black Eyed Peas. Listen, I saw them at Teen the Park and I loved it. It was brilliant. They've got quite a few good songs. They've actually maybe got like three actually not horrific songs. Hey Mama. Mama They are also offenders of like some of the worst musical crimes of the last, actually forever. But... Didn't Wycliffe John like set up a fake or like Wycliffe rip John up? wasn't in Black Eyed Peas. He was IPs. in the Fugees, so I don't know. Get a grip. Get a grip. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Fugees. Luckily, I edit the show. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all black people look the same, Chris, don't they? <laughs> it's just got a Dunsey's cap on the corner. <laughs> Wycliffe John 
uh, set up a charity after the Haitian earthquake and then ripped millions and millions that. out of it and got done I heard for that from well, It's Always that. Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh my so much so that they, they felt comfortable writing it into the, the script of one of the episodes of Always Sunny. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, scumbag. Okay. Next question, Mark. Um, okay, so from Glenn McLeod, you can only watch one band or artist perform live for the rest of your life. They'll perform in your town every night, so you can watch. So you can watch them as often as you like, but you can't watch anyone else. Who do you choose? Right, so you're not forced to watch them, but you yeah, can go and see finish them. the rest of the question. Yeah, I'm not. Fin- yeah, I'm not finished that. Neil Hamburger will perform stand up as support, and you must watch him every time too. Yeah, but you don't need to go and see them every you night. You don't need to. They just are there. You might see some music that's your Mine's only short and sweet mm-hmm. is Elvis for obvious reasons. Do you miss me tonight? Are you sorry we drifted apart? Yeah, fair play. Because he smells like burgers. Because <laughs> he's got various different types of in times in his career as well, mm-hmm. so he's mm-hmm. got a varied that's, and well, that's it. That's an interesting uh, mm-hmm. uh, perspective on it, yeah. yeah Band, it bands that have a lot of diversity within their catalogue. Bruce Springsteen's for me for the exa- pretty much the exact same reason. Mm-hmm. Like, he's at all plays three hours a night. I know. You'd be bored after one gig, let alone the rest of your life. Yeah, but I've seen Bruce Springsteen twice, and that's enough. <laughs> I mean, the, the only reason like, I picked him is because his band are really him. And his band are really well known for just playing random covers of songs, like mm. whenever, because they're just so seasoned as players that they can just like fucking and Elvis read is the, the sheet music and play it there and then. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. Elvis <laughs> is the same. Like he's, he would be doing something different every night as well, guys. And then when it comes to Christmas, he'd do a special Christmas concert. So, well, it actually brings up an caveat which Glenn did not did not feel feel to mention is that if, he did feel if, to mention. If he did feel to mention if Bruce Springsteen is going to be playing for three hours every night, he's probably going to die after a year. So, like, then what happens to music? What do you yeah, watch after true. that? Watch DVDs. <laughs> well, Elvis is dead, so Actually, we're presuming yeah. in this reality it just goes on and on and on and on. Can I go on a tangent for what Dave just said about watching DVDs? One of the ones I wrote down, uh, and it's based on that, is Queen. Because, first of all, they're a band with a massive amount of diversity across their catalogue, so there's loads of stuff to draw on. But the thing that amazed me about Queen is that, you know, they're one of those things that's always on, like, Sky Arts. But see, no matter how many times you flip over to watch Queen in concert, you're always like, fuck me, man, these guys are so, so good. Mm -hmm. Like, I've seen Queen, you know, live at Wembley, I've seen them live in Rio... They're just such a fucking great band that as much as you think you'd be sick of them, I just have never got sick of watching them. Are they a great band or is it because Freddie Mercury is so... Watchable. No, they're a really, really great band. All round, they're a they really are the great only band. band where all four members have written a number one UK hit single. Yeah, are they really? <laughs> even the guy that nobody. Aye, even Deacon. Mm. Even old he wrote Jim under Deacon. pressure, didn't he? <laughs> Aye. Mm-hmm. Does he really? Yeah. Does he really? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. Um, no, honestly, that 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 is one that occurs to me. Uh, bands that I just like and I just I'm really excited about. I mean. I've seen Converging concerts so many times. I've never been bored it at all. They're always fucking superb. Uh, Trailer Dead 
Uh, again, because a band that go really polar opposites, they got really punky, heavy stuff. They got really spaced out stuff. So you get something that kind of caters for different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say Godspeed in that same sense because no. it's so no way because it was different. Yeah, I mean, I love Godspeed, but no you're way. like, oh, do I? Like, no, <laughs> it's like a big undertaking. God, if no, that's God. the only music you're going to see, no. Do you make say think. Because uh, I've never got bored of listening to them. Maybe. Um, 80s Matchbox, because they were mm. always a lot of fun live. After a while, I 100%. <laughs> like, um, I think you're taking just, a few years off there. After a while, it just it would be like a flimsy and you wouldn't like it. Yeah, um, one that I think would probably serve me well into kind of older age would be REM. REM, I loved their earlier stuff, it was so fun. Oh, they had so God, many eras. That's like choosing, oh, no. do you know what? I think I'll just have mashed potatoes every you know, there's meal no right for the rest I of really see, see the question before that was like a, 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 a tune that you like from a band that you hate I was so close to choosing Ebo the Letter from R.E.M. R.E.M. is a band that I know that maybe I should like them or whatever. I don't. They're boring as anything, and they've got like one song that I like. Mm. They are. I've never properly listened to them. Never properly given them. You're gonna have a horrible time when they get nominated. Then. (laughs) What about you, Dave? Like Chris, I could just list my favourite bands, but then bands that I've never got bored of. That's what I mean. Yeah, I know. But like, I mean, the band that I always go back to. And we're my most listened to band on Spotify this year. Fear we're, Factory. No, Meshuggah. <laughs> we're Meshuggah. But like, I, as much as I love them... I don't necessarily want that to be the only live band because well, it's very much. Yeah. That's what I feel about Nirvana. Like I love yeah, Nirvana. And same with like of my top maybe five, ten favorite bands that I definitely think have enough diversity and enough enough different moods, and they could do as many different set lists from throughout their career that would make it really different. I'd be like, all right, I want a heavy one, or I want a total chilled out one. I reckon Deftones would be the band for me because mm. I reckon it's Deftones could choice, do. Yeah. Yeah. Cover a lot of bases. If I imagine, like I'm, you know, engaging with the the question itself, it's basically a form of hell. Really, it Mm -hmm. is. It is a form of subtle hell, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. So if you're trying to think about a way to spin it positively, right? If you're thinking about, it's like desert island discs. 
but in hell. In hell. And, and, <laughs> and if you're trying to think about a way to spin it positively, say it becomes like beer. Like when you're in a certain mood or whatever, you've had a tough day or whatever, you just go and get a fucking drink to kind of like just even yourself out. So you go and see this band. If I had to have a band that served that purpose for me, it would be Jesus Lizard. Right. To go and just be like, if you're in that mood, it's been a fucking day at the office mm-hmm. or it's a Saturday night or whatever, you're like, mm-hmm. I need a fucking shot, I need a I need a couple like you know, I would go and see them for the hit. On that on that um kind of like topic, right? What is the song that you can listen to over and over and over again and never get sick of it? Well, Mine I'd... is Born Slippy. Like I can never get sick of that song. Right, it's a top banger. What about you? Um I would have said probably Mladic by Godspeed. I think that's a fucking really enduring tune. Oh my god! Um, but <laughs> <laughs> wow. In terms of pop, in terms of pop, Leo, you're loving me. I think that's a, that's a screamer That's awesome It Does, doesn't get old It's a good choice um, But yeah not many um, I guess from pop It's probably going to be um, She's Always On My Hair By Prince I had to bang off At some point tonight So mm-hmm. there we go Hit that button mm-hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> There we go Don't need to hit the button anymore <laughs> She's always there Telling me Dark Horse by Converge Never ever get tired of that song And so much Sage Francis stuff When it comes to hip hop Oh my god to totally Endlessly Endlessly I was next in line An only child with a pen and pad Writing a list of things I could never have Walls in my house were paper thin And the squabbles seemed to get deafening My memory served me correctly And made it a point to avoid and forget some things Proudly to keep from being Vicky, this will only appeal to you as my final word on the subject, but uh, <coughs> lapsus lingui. I don't think I would ever have got sick because it was no, so No, because it was so piecemeal as well. Though, wasn't you were fed wee bits and you were like, oh, thank you. See, and then, yeah. That's the thing about having dense music to go back to, right? A lot of it, you can't compute the first time you hear it. And it's not just that immediate thing. If the, if the music is too easily digestible, you get you get sickened to it really quickly. And that's the thing about those, again, that's why I said Godspeed, because it, you can chew on a lot of that and get different things out of it at different times. And that's the only reason that I think they're an interesting option is because... 50% of the set on any night passes you by and then you know and maybe on another night that would be the 50% you engage with mm-hmm. you know so anyway but Lapsus Lingue who will get a mention later on in this show anyway and what's a song that you would never get tired of oh, a song it's a sort of electro remix by a guy called Cornell Kovacs it's a song called Pantalon <laughs> Hmm. 
And it's like, uh, I don't know, it samples and chews up a song from the early 80s. Vicky, can you translate? But, Pantalon trousers. But I mean, <laughs> it's just a 120 BPM electro pop banger. Aren't they all? And I think I've listened to it maybe a hundred times each year for the last eight years. And I think I would probably have played it at every single DJ set as well. It just makes me feel good. Sweet. Uh, all right, next question. Well, hang on. Before we go into the next question, yeah. uh, we have a message from Ferruccio, mm-hmm. our man in the continent. Molto bene. Yeah, exactly. Uh, molto buono, no? No, molto bene. Very bene, well. Bene. I think uh, so. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it is molto buono. Pantalon. Do you know what how you say? Um, <laughs> Obrigado. Obrigado. Do you know how you say good luck in Italian? It's in el boca del lupo, which is mouth into the, the mouth of the wolf. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, uh, a word from Ferruccio on his tips for music of this past year that you should be checking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ferruccio, uh, give your thoughts. Hi, hello, this is Ferruccio from Bologna, Italy. I'd like to thank the Unsung crew for asking me about my favorite album of 2021. It was a hard job for me to pick one album because uh, uh, this wasn't a particularly good year for the music that I like, so my short my list was pretty short. And uh, I think this is also confirmed by the fact that the album that I actually picked is not even my favorite uh, uh, album by this band. I think it's the second best album of this band uh, because I like their previous one a little bit better. I'm talking about Welfare Jazz by Viagra Boys. I think it's a pretty consistent uh, sophomore effort. Uh, it's got a lot of ingredients that I normally like in music, uh, such as uh, you know crowd rock beats, Detroit style guitars, you know punk rock, post punk, uh, you know snotty lyrics, snarly delivery. It's it's pretty good. I mean, I also like the um, cover of "In Spite of Ourselves" by um, by John Prine. Which features Amy Taylor from Emil and the Sniffers. Uh, I think, for instance, that the second album by Emil and the Sniffers, Comfort to Me, is a pretty good album, actually better than the first one they did. But still, my favorite album of the uh, of the year is, you know, uh, Welfare Jazz by Viagra Boys. It's a pretty predictable choice from a guy like me, but as I said, you know, there weren't so many albums that I really liked this year. So, yeah, this is my choice. Welfare Jazz, Viagra Boys. And thank you very much for asking me, and uh, I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Bye-bye from Bologna. Buon Natale. What a a voice that guy's got. Buon Natale, Mm, Ferruccio. Um, I have to admit, I am not Overly familiar with Viagra Boys. No, um, I don't know anything about them. I mean, that's like they were, the they're quite big on that. Six Music. Exactly. Yeah, I've heard they're really good, but mm-hmm. they're a band that I'm not so familiar with. Well, funnily enough, they're like kind of a cult band, but they're actually big. Like they oversold the QMU. They were supposed to play on Friday, but um, obviously got cancelled COVID. because of COVID. But you know, so they're doing big venues now. Welfare Jazz is pretty good, but like uh, Fruitio says, I actually I think their debut Street Worms is a bit better. It's like a bit fun. What a bit more kind fun. of music is it? 
I, I mean, it's six music post punk. Right. It's like all six music post punk right now that's selling lots of tickets in the like UK. Like idols? Kind of like idols, but a bit more fun, le- less serious. It, kind of like who else? Squid and all those bands. Um, like a less. It's just like big fucking bass tones and mm-hmm. weird vocals and, okay. you know, telecasters mm-hmm. through lots of effects. Is it uh, anything like Tropical Fuckstorm? Yeah, oh yeah, that's kind of what I had. Them yeah, yeah, that's similar sort of vibe. with Mark. Mark, you you, you love post punk, Mark? Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's your new favorite <laughs> vibe. Superb. His new favorite, most hated genre. Yep. Apparently, Part loves using the banshees. Loves big country. Hates post punk. Mm-hmm. But you know, you've got bands like Fontaine's DC and stuff selling mm-hmm. out fucking Barrowlands. It's and huge. I have some points to make in that when we do do our question on best albums, which I think we should do actually. How about we do one more question that's a little bit less music orientated to get some shit off our chest, and okay. then we'll, we'll do best albums of the year. Yeah, let's do it. right. Okay, so Mark, what's what's that question about hot takes, and then we'll we'll land the big one. So. In, or, in exchange for Jason's lovely dog, which I've met on multiple occasions, um, <laughs> it just, did it Jason, bite you? <laughs> but Jason T is almost single-handedly keeping this podcast running. Uh, thanks very much for your generosity, Jason. You have uh, bought your way to another uh, question on the show. But I mean, generally speaking, they've been provocative questions. So, uh, what mm-hmm. you got for us this time, big man? Stereotypical hot takes that infuriate you, and examples that he has given are mm-hmm. um, that Dave Mustaine was a driving force behind Metallica, mm-hmm. or that grunge killed metal, you know, mm-hmm. kind of stuff like that. So, anybody? Okay. I'll, I'll can start off here, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Something, <laughs> something that really does my boxing, and it seems to have had a resurgence lately because of a well-known documentary, is that Yoko Ono broke up the Beatles, right? Yes. It really drives me potty, and I don't, I don't quite know why, but it, it, no, I do know why, because it's sexist. And racist. <laughs> yeah. there, you, there you go, you nailed it. <laughs> um, so, like, it, it kind of, I thought that most people knew that giving Yoko Ono shit for breaking up the Beatles was sexist and racist. But when this new documentary Peter, Peter came Jackson's out, the one, new Peter yeah. Do- Jackson documentary came out, I was on Twitter. Now, my Twitter is very closed to a close group of friends of people that are like-minded or whatever. It's an echo chamber of my own choosing, right? Yeah, well done. And uh, <laughs> a lot of people were like, oh, that Yoko Ono. She was, like, sitting in there and she was, like, pure looking, like, fed up and everything. And she was, like, pure bringing everybody down and everything. And I was like... Yoko Ono would not be there if John Lennon didn't want her to be there. Yeah. It's this whole thing of removing John Lennon's agency and supplanting it with Yoko Ono's magic. Do you know what I mean? It's really offensive but to she, women. She was a sorceress. She was a she was a dark witch. It, it, it is so. She enchanted them annoying, and steered right? them away from Paul. <laughs> and I know you and I spoke about this recently, mm, right? Because yeah. you find Yoko I knew this Ono was really pretentious, like a fucking right? steam train coming down the tracks. <laughs> I really love Yoko Ono because I think she's a good person, right? And she do, has done a lot for. Um, Yoko Ono was a performance multimedia artist in the 60s before she knew John Lennon she had in her own right was well known within her field right 
Um, and when she got together with John Lennon, whether you think the whole like bed in stuff was like pretentious or whatever, it's totally in keeping with her as a performance artist doing that kind of stuff. It's just that when she went out with a Beatle, she had a wider audience, right? And it, it, it gave it a kind of level of visibility that maybe like normal performance artists wouldn't have had, right? She's an advocate for a lot of ecological, environmental things. She's got her own charities for that. She's very, very much about, um, like, see the whole, like, love stuff. Whether you want to shit on that or not, she is all about that. And Shitting on love? Yeah, like about kindness. You mean stuff. just our general philosophy? Yeah, love and kindness and stuff like that, yeah. So I genuinely don't have any beef with Yoko Ono, and I think... If John Lennon wanted her to be there, she was there because the two of them were in a relationship with each other. It was a very intense relationship. And it was also a relationship that wasn't conventional, right? So Yoko Ono kind of set up John Lennon going out with her assistant May Pang for a while and stuff like that. They were like exploring other ways of having relationships, which is deeply offensive to people that believe in like heteronormative relationships, right? I'm not saying that it was perfect or not. I'm just saying that the reasons why people were offended by that was because of a heteronormative narrative or belief system. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of the time that people want to criticise Yoko Ono it's very difficult to separate themselves from that, mm-hmm. like there's not a true criticism that you can actually make of her that isn't a, a belief that's rooted in sexism racism or heteronormative living, do you know what I mean? Hmm. So, I, I, I don't agree I agree with everyone except your very last point everyone except your very last point I broadly agree with you on a lot of the reason for most people's hang-ups about Yoko Ono. Personally, for me, just looking at her art, especially her musical output, I think she's fucking dreadful. But wait a minute, the trope, the, the hot take I'm, I'm reeling against here is Yoko Ono broke up the Beatles. Oh, no, no, no I, yeah, I mean, that, I think I'm not, right. I'm not siding with that. What I'm trying to do is, I'm, I'm going devil's advocate here. For, okay. all the, for all the people that are yelling at the fucking speaker, no, she's not, she's not, I hate her. This. Mm-hmm. I, I I think the majority of cases against her are quite misogynistic, especially, right? And fucking racist. And infantilising is a good a good take mm-hmm. on that as well in terms of how people think about John Lennon. And that's Aye. actually what I've got. But she, they actually did... They actually knew that and did a thing on. There's a, an album where John Lennon is like in the fetal position, yeah, naked, yeah, yeah. clinging onto her because they were so aware of that. He had mummy issues, for want of a fucking better explanation. But they both knew that and were yeah. like well aware of it and exploited it. So I think, just generally speaking, I find it incredibly annoying. I think there's no denying that she probably would never have been world famous if it wasn't for the context, but that's not her fault. That's but just did she a, want to be? I didn't know. I mean, there's absolutely no reason to think that she did want to be. She just hooked up with a guy and it ended up creating this enormous platform. It's not like that she became so famous because of her art. She became so famous because of the context, mm-hmm. albeit she was already a successful artist. Mm-hmm. Her, her music is incessantly fucking irritating. It's horrendous. And if I, if I didn't like her... It is purely based on the pretentiousness of our music. Because I've got no dog in the fight with the Beatles. I don't particularly like the Beatles. I think they have some great stuff. I think they've got a load of overrated stuff. I certainly don't blame her. And even if I did blame her, I wouldn't necessarily begrudge her breaking up the Beatles. And I don't blame her for that. I think her own art is hugely overrated in light of her context. And a mild sort of deification of it. As well as, um, what would you call it, um... 
uh, as well as well as the way she's been kind of villainised. What I also think is a, a related, a tangential hot take that I personally hate is the notion of John Lennon as either a particularly good or a particularly bad guy. Mm-hmm. I think it's very culturally tone deaf. Absolutely. Right? To- John John Lennon. This is what a lot of it comes down to actually because ultimately a lot of the reason why people don't like uh, Yoko Ono is because of the mythology of the Beatles. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and people either need to sort of deify Lennon or the hot takers and amongst us, and I'm and I'm I'm very guilty of this as well because I've been prone to a few hot takes in my time. No guys. fucking way, guys! I'm putting that I out there <laughs> just in case. When, in case anyone, when, when, look, so if anyone DMs you <laughs> and tells you, by the way, Chris, a secret hot taker, you're forewarned. But this, this, John Lennon was appalling to his, his first wife. John Lennon was a very poor father by most standards. I think to Julian, uh-huh. to Julian, mm-hmm. right? However. Without in any way trying to absolve John Lennon of any of that, one of the things that I think people have really lost touch with, and I think it does speak to people that have had maybe a somewhat working class experience growing up, you're in a situation where you're in much, we've spoken about this in the podcast before, you grow up in much closer proximity to the people around you. You, It's inescapable the realities of certain lives. You know, if you grow up in certain levels of affluence, you can somewhat insulate yourselves from neighbours or experiences that you don't want to have, right? There's something about growing up in a in small homes, cramped together, in a working class neighbourhood. You can hear the arguments next door. You can hear all the things slamming about. You can see all the drunken behaviour and neighbours getting on each other's nerves. You get all that and you can't escape it because of the proximity. It's a really, it's a really simple dynamic. You develop a level of tolerance for people and an ability to see past one or two transgressions, and they end up being quite a, a shade of grey. It's definitely something I'm not. I don't want to get into the whole cancel culture debate, but it's something that's been lost a bit with affluence, is being able to push past the things that you understand that you dislike about someone. You maybe wouldn't leave them watching your kids because they maybe are heavy drinkers or they're unreliable, but there are other aspects of their characters that you sort of like or admire and their people are nuanced and complex and also they change over time this notion of John Lennon as being the sum total of John Lennon is his worst moment or the sum total of John Lennon is his best bit of artistic but like who thinks that because most people, people I know that, that like Ricky. the Beatles are quite open to, to a nuanced interpretation of John Lennon I, I would don't say. necessarily think that you are like most people I know that like the, the Beatles are Ricky, like that I don't you already spoke about your social bubble I don't know if necessarily your circle of friends are the best uh, what would you call it barometer for that but what all I'm saying is that in general there's a tendency to judge people either by their worst deed or by their greatest moment, depending on the the, the conclusion you want to uh, arrive at. And, right, I, and John Lennon, I think, is a real. It's forever putting up in these murals of like legends, legends, like or, that, or, or or secret villains for the people that want to have the hot take on. He was a bad father, and he he he, he, he like was violent with his first wife. That is awful, absolutely. But that's not the sum total of anybody, let alone him. There are a lot of things, and whilst I do acknowledge we like some Michael Jackson and stuff like that, there is a point where there's like, right, okay, that is a. Are line. you trying to introduce nuance? Nuance into twenty twenty two normal discussion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just don't think that's correct. I know, I know, but that see, I think it's podcasts. As a podcast and a content creator, there's absolutely no room for nuance. It's not good for hits. No, I know, I know. I'd like you to fall on one side or the other. Yeah, so, please. so like, you know, that whole judge, less, uh, judge not lest you be judged, okay? I think there's a fair bit of truth to that, clearly. And I think it's ironic that John Who Lennon... Who said that, Jesus? 
Gary Glitter. Gary Glitter. Gary Glitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. Um, but, you know, John Lennon, ironically, working class hero, working class villain, depending on what fucking like, company you keep in the pub. That part of it really fucks me off because John Lennon is a really interesting character, whatever way you slice it, right? And he's yep. no one thing or the other, and neither is Yoko Ono. Cool. That, that's it and I think just this reductiveness in, in conversation about people is the real problem there much yeah. like David Bowie then absolutely mm. and by the way I have walked a very fine line yeah, so I, I really like David Bowie as a guy but he was a paedophile so it's like how, where do you go with that so what's your, your the bottom line here did Joko Ono split up the Beatles no no no. the Beatles you. split up the Beatles Beatles Thank split you. up the Beatles well, who's I mean, next <laughs> yeah, I mean, each of the Beatles in turn, apart from Ringo Starr, swap the Beatles at some point, right? <laughs> so, poor fucking Paul, Ringo, man. Paul McCartney. You know. A lot of the narrative comes from that first film, which they didn't. They had to release for contractual reasons. They wouldn't never wanted it released in the first place. The, you know, the one that get back kind of basically retcons entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it comes from that because of the, also the idea of of Paul being really domineering, which he was, mm-hmm. but he, he he's not. Yeah. yeah, but he's also for the most part. They were all kind of done with it anyway. Do you know what I mean? You could mm-hmm. see by their interactions with each other and the music that they were all they were all kind of done with it to a certain degree. George leaves obviously during those sessions, and Paul's got a lot more say over yeah, things. Yeah. Cause he's trying to be a manager because they don't have a manager. Do you know what I mean? So you can kind of see from his point of view as well. If I'm trying to like make the band be still be a band when there's no manager to make them kind of do shit anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's a lot more it's a lot more nuanced than history kind of has thus far disgust when it comes to the breakup of that band it just it? really annoys me because I feel like by now we should know that mm-hmm. do you know what I mean and it just it just came it get uh, dragged up again with this new documentary mm. and anyway. I'd, sorry to cut anyone's grasp but I just think it's so, it's so relevant to this can I say on a, on a related note for me the Kurt and Courtney thing is very similar mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong very Courtney Love is a fucking arsehole yeah. in her own right but There's that whole she killed yeah, that, well, I've literally got Broomfield Courtney, right? The Curtin Courtney mm-hmm. documentary, the Nick Broomfield thing, where especially his daughter growing up, we had like this hugely popular DVD on sale, fucking all around her, like, oh, you're more arranged with some fucking drunk old punk that fucking threw himself in front of a train to fucking assassinate your dad. When your dad was a hugely successful and well documented misanthrope who'd committed, attempted suicide multiple times. And he attempted it again, and this time the fucking douchebag got it right. I love the work of Kurt Cobain, but again, very aware of the guy's incredible shortcomings, right? A lot of beauty in that guy. But the the, nar- the, the, the way that Courtney Love was treated on that issue, I mean, Courtney Love deserves loads of criticism for being a fanny, but mm-hmm. she doesn't deserve that. That's, that's Do you know what's difficult about a lot of these things is like um, removing the agency from the man, like the man doesn't have a um, ability to make decisions or something like, like that, fucking, which is pure. It's like the crucible. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like it's like, is, like fucking Arthur it's Miller, like, like Salem. It's like women cast a spell on these Aye. men. It's so primitive. Mm-hmm. Dave? What, hot takes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm just annoyed. Weirdly enough, my hot take that I wrote was uh, people that say the Beatles are a bad band. Oh, <laughs> yes, Dave. Thank you. Yes, I mean, Because the Beatles are like, obviously not a bad band. They're not a bad band. It's just not. a hot take mm-hmm. that yeah. is wrong. It's totally yeah, they're, they're, a wrong they're, look, hot they're, take. they're a fucking legendary, hugely influential band with some really, really good songs. Yeah. And then I've just seen a lot of people, and I know it's of, really fucking annoying people. Like everybody's seen this fucking documentary and everybody posting about it and oh fucking hell 
stop talking about the fucking Beatles. We know they're fucking class. But then I've just seen lots of people posting, uh, you know, memes about the Beatles are actually shit. And it's like, no, the Beatles are obviously not fucking because shit Because I think either. a lot of people take the Beatles out of context and like try and compare them to other stuff and go, oh, they're shit. But like, um, culturally, the Beatles are really, really fucking important. Yeah. Like, really important. Well, it's also a measure of like how many bands that we love were influenced by the Beatles. And the answer Absolutely. is almost all of them. Pretty much yeah. every band. Basically, <laughs> every band that my dad loved from the 60s was trying to be the Beatles. Yeah, and, we, and like we, every other band from then was fuck, like the Beatles. We did we did the episode fucking on Kurt Cobain the Beatles yeah we did the episode on journalism and the fucking episode on journalism is that modern music journalism pretty Comes much started Beatles. with the Beatles yeah, exactly. it's like mm-hmm. they, they are not a shit band right it's clear not hyperbole and sort of it is a hot take and it's trolling for hits and I've probably said that sometime I don't believe <laughs> I've it probably said they're, they're, that <laughs> don't get me wrong there's tracks by them that I actively love I mean I think Strawberry Fields is one of the fucking best tunes of that entire era I don't particularly care for a lot of their earlier stuff I think it's much of a muchness in the context of the 60s where it sprang up I think there's good songs in there but that's all I think like there's a lot of other good songs I would say probably pound for pound at that stage the kinks were better right oh, but I love the kinks exactly Girl, I want to be with you all of the time The Kinks didn't then go on to redefine pop music. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, exactly. And, and that's that's but see at that time, see in the sixties as well, especially the early sixties, nobody was making an album to make an album. People were making singles and then collating them just with like a, now. A, a lot of bump <laughs> <Yeah>. around <laughs> about. Yeah. I've gone full circle. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that 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 happens with a lot of artists now. But but what you've got now is like people taking the album as a serious thing, like and thinking about the album conceptually from the from the outset, right? And 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 thinking about what what goes along with that album. But like I, I really think in the early sixties and maybe even later on as well, people were mostly just releasing singles and then putting it into mm-hmm. uh, oh, that's collating. It yeah. with a bunch of bump. So when people say, "Oh, the Beatles albums, there's a lot of bump," and there is, right? But so was a lot of brilliant bands for that era. Their albums were a lot of bump, when, even when did, the Kinks. When we did Millie Jackson, and when you look at like early Elvis, early Johnny Cash, uh, early Sam Cooke, all, some of our favourite artists, right? But Millie Jackson a, was a concept hang, album. But, but the, no, the early stuff though was just a series oh, of singles. Aye, aye. Mm-hmm. You're just talk, people that didn't even really have like a, a, a like a wholly formed package oh, of Elvis's uh, albums are a nightmare to get through. Yeah, because mm. there's so much rubbish in them. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, I think yeah. that was pretty much the state of play then mm. yeah okay so a lot of Beatles hot takes Mark did you have any that, that dissented from Beatles um, I was going to talk about this idea that grunge died when X happened grunge I, yeah grunge died when X happened right, like okay. grunge died when Kurt Cobain died or right. grunge died when Soundgarden okay. swapped which I think is I think is, is a hot take grunge a lot of people died have. when Bush formed yeah well <laughs> I mean it, it's it's actually been a long Slow, drawn out death. Grunge is still going on. Yeah, because it, it became it became what people call post grunge, right? It became fucking Creed and Nickelback and all that. Wait, 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 man. Silver Chair, Bush. I'm, you know. I'm, There's I'm not a sure me- somebody sent me a text the other week that was Vicky. You need to check out this band, Margaritas Podridas. They're a grunge band from Mexico.
listened to them and it was literally grunge like from 1992 yeah. oh I mean I, I, I get sent I'm sure Dave gets sent stuff all the time that is absolutely firmly cemented in like 1994 is it dead in American <laughs> hey, um, but it is <laughs> last piece. Shit, there's, there's no denying that the sound still exists. That's the sound's always the sound of every sound is going to still exist. Mm. There are still so many honking 1960s psychedelia era yeah. bands. It's everything, right? The only thing I will say, Mark, is maybe a slight semantics, right? But the credibility of grunge definitely died at a certain point, and it was a very finite point, right? When that kind of post in utero Cobain died There were a few great albums came out And then very quickly what, what happened Was that the grunge bands Their subsequent albums were met with a lot of hostility And whilst there is no one day and time that you can point to And the genre and the sound continued uh, Through Bush, through fucking loads of post-grunge And Stained and fucking like Creed and all that Yeah, totally get that Pearl Jam are still slogging away Fucking shitting out albums every Alice so often. Chains as well. Yeah, I, I don't deny that, but the the credibility of grunge, right? Because this is the thing we spoke we've spoken about this in a, uh, tangentially in a few podcasts, but especially in the the live grunge mixtape that we did. Grunge was very credible for a while, and there was a kind of hit period where like Mudhoney and Melvins and Nirvana and yeah, well, like, you covered this in the exactly, and thing. they but they they weren't it was just a style. They weren't just doing quite well, but they were also doing quite well in a really cutting edge way. To almost every genre Apart from maybe Like new metal Or something like that where It has a grace period Of fuck This is so exciting and, and genuine And sincere And when the sincerity Went from grunge When Stone Temple Pilots Got into that Third album era Where it was clearly The label that was Marketing them When Pearl Jam became You know Actually Pearl Jam Are probably a bad example Because they got better For their third album But what, mm. what I mean is There was a point Where the credibility died And you're right The sound continued but when the credibility died, and that was in 94, and it was a very narrow window where suddenly all the magazines, all the articles flipped. And we spoke about it in the Pitchfork Effect. All the magazines, they, they couldn't wait to be the first one out the gates. To shit on to it. To shit on it, to mm-hmm. take it down, to turn on it. We've been courting this, and we're going to be the first ones to fucking mock it, because then we will always be ahead of the curve. So yes, I agree with you. The sound has persevered, unfortunately, in most cases. Mm-hmm. However, the credibility died. It became more commercial, though, as well. Bands at Nickelback, probably fucking, bigger than ever. Yeah, 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 exactly. Do you know what I mean? So it comes, but I guess it comes back to kind of that argument of like between credibility and commerciality. But even like, like even now, I would say there's like an unspoken grunge influence on a lot of cool indie bands right now. Mm-hmm. Like that, even just now, yeah, yeah, yeah. right now like, specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Mitski and Sharon Van Etten all yeah. have a sort of oh, yeah. big thief. Mm-hmm. All have a like a very grungy mm-hmm. aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Grunge is still like a very well. dirty word yeah. after you know twenty five years. It goes from the singer songwriter kind of grungy flannel and Seattle thing mm-hmm. through to the idols sort of straddling that line with like Jesus Courtney Barnett and all the, that sort of stuff. There are, yeah, you're right. There's there's oh, there's yeah, elements like of that. it that are still re- that are still relevant, but it's it's picking the corpse of it. You know, I mean, in yeah. terms of the big sludgy 
dank slow punk yeah it's it's that's that shit's gone so man. yesterday when i was at work right i went in and i had this third year class and i was like hey guys uh, we're having music requests who wants music requests i'm taking music requests alice in chains man in a box i was like <laughs> right, <laughs> right, okay <laughs> and i put it on and i let it play and then the next song that came on was Soundgarden, Black Hole Sun, and I was like, "All oh, right, we're getting Soundgarden now." And it was like, "Yeah, listen to that album for like three weeks in a row. It was amazing." And I was like, oh, "This is like <laughs> when I was at school and we were listening to music from twenty, yeah. thirty years before." Now that's what's happening. Like, do you guys remember Nights in White Satin? That's a <laughs> I am like, yeah. Do you like the Midi Blues guys? <laughs> Love them. And now it's yeah, Soundgarden like a, and all that. Is, whoever that was sounds like a sharp young man. Oh, they 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 wear they wear. <laughs> Hot takes, Dave. Oh, mine was the Beatles. Hot takes sorry, spent. Sorry. Can I just? I'm I thought I had something else to add that wasn't the Beatles. We do need to press yeah. on, but yes. I want I want to throw one last Very hand grenade so. of hot takes in here, right? And I think it will connect. One thing I've noticed in the last few weeks that has really fucking put my nose out of joint, right, is the fact that specifically the band Mayhem, but also a lot of kind of similar acts, are seen as having somehow. Been deep, Lords of Chaos. Like I, ironic, uh, yeah. There's they're some a, sort of they're appearing on festival bills. I noticed that like Beak were advertising a festival. They're playing next to Mayhem. Shellac are advertising a festival. They're playing next to Mayhem. This is the fucking band of like outspoken homophobes and racists. Now I get that they're much older and they're reformed characters, but that's never explicitly been made clear. There is no real arc. Who's the band of outspoken racists? I Mayhem. Don't, I don't think. And they're on a bill with Shellac. Yeah. Well, Mayhem were the band, you know, obviously Dead committed suicide, Lords of Chaos, Euronymous was the guy that Varg Vikernas joined. Varg Vikernas joined Mayhem Uh on bass and then he murdered Uh Euronymous in the band. But subsequently, like Necrobutcher and is it Hellhammer? Hellhammer, yeah. They Mm. said a series of deplorable fucking things. Over the years, like the kind of shit that just doesn't. And they're fly on a bill now. with shellac. Yeah, but the thing is, so that much time weird. has passed, and there's been such an ironic sort of um, acceptance rewriting of, uh-huh. of things. You know, since black metal especially became embraced by the post-ironic mainstream, right. mayhem have sort of been redeemed. And it really confuses me when you look at a band that in the 90s were, they were a fucking icon of intolerance. Totally marginalised. And now they are like an icon of credibility. They're That's play, weird. I mean, in the, in the States, they are on some of the coolest fucking bills as like the token edgy band mm. providing the edginess to the festivals. And you're looking at that bill and thinking, I mean, these people literally said that gays should be murdered. You know, I mean, these, these, these people... That's Westboro Baptist shit. And these people were fucking hardcore. Would that, you go on a bill with Westboro Baptist? There are, ways, there are ways to redeem your reputation. There are ways West to change. But they've not been contrite. When have Mayhem ever been yeah, fucking said, contrite? And would you not at least fucking scrap the, the thing that attracted all the hate and made all the money through the hate? Because Mayhem undeniably made a lot of money through their association with extremism and NS- and galvanising that hatred that movement uh-huh. and NSBM and all mm-hmm. that so you fucking scrap it if you're truly contrite you scrap that entity and you start and again start and again. you say when I was young I was misguided I said a lot of stupid things which yep. by the way I think is probably true but they're still happy to take all the fucking That's dollar right. that that fucking stinking wormy fucking Do you think it's a lack corpse? of a self-awareness like going back to something we were discussing earlier just about a 
private life's like mm-hmm. a lack of self-awareness. No, I want see, to keep I, that and I want to keep the new dollar. I don't even want to criticise the band. I don't care what the band thinks. Mm-hmm. What I criticise are the festivals and the acts that book to that play those them. festivals mm-hmm. that are quite happy to do that. So you guys fucking know the history of this band. We all know the history of this band. We all read Kerrang. We all saw the fucking stuff they were doing. It's the same with Emperor, as I spoke about, talking about Faust. He fucking went up to a guy and murdered him in a park because he was gay. And then Emperor are just like, hey guys, we're back in town. And everybody, you know, it's not like the other members have not repeatedly gone on record, have not repeatedly gone on record saying horrible fucking things. It's the mechanisms propping them up. Yeah. And we just, we just look past it. The festival wants a bit of edge. We're so fucking painfully subjective in our outrage. And I just, watching all these bills pop up recently, these big festival announcements, and you've got mayhem slammed in there for a bit of edgy credibility, and you're like, that is the fucking pits. It it just, it stinks, man. It stinks. As far as hot takes go, the fact that they are somehow acceptable again, because there's no way to separate the income from the name anymore. You've not disavowed it enough. Hellhammer does say in 2004 he didn't care. Um, he, he didn't care what colour that anyone in the crowd was. It's just politics and music don't go hand in hand. And it's kind of like, well, you weren't saying that 10 years ago. No, he wasn't. Like, you were not saying that at all. Like, it's fucking it's weird, man. Neither were their pals. Yeah. Now, well, there you are. Is that the end of this episode? We- God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, dokie, guys. I need a pee pee. Good job. Um, I finished my bottle of wine. Trusting on an open Dave needs to uh, <laughs> crack something fresh. So, uh, yep, we uh, will see you again For shortly. The third of our three parts. Yep. We're not doing a fourth part. We're not, we're not <laughs> God, part. please, no. We'll see you in a week. Right, bye. Uh, look after bye, trips. Bye. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com/offer/seriousxm. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I had the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.